Hi, this is a Conversation with Creatives podcast for Opus. For many of us, the shift into 2022 is unlike any new year we've lived through before. We hear a lot about the new normal, but in fact, things are changing so quickly, it's hard to pinpoint what this reality looks like. However, within the challenges and urgency of change, there's also excitement and vibrancy, a pressing quest to reimagine new futures and an opportunity to make our world a better place. George Bernard Shaw said, imagination is the beginning of creation. You imagine what you desire, you will what you imagine, and at last, you create what you will. Over the next few months, we'll be delving deeper into these thoughts and investigating the power of art. What does this mean, especially as we ride such rapid, constantly evolving waves of change? To begin, we're exploring how we can harness our imagination, get ourselves into the right headspace to create, and what we can draw from the deeper, more ethereal parallel realms of our psyche. This will be done over two episodes, and to begin with, I'm really excited to be focusing on printmaking, a first for conversations with creatives, with two extremely talented artists, Carrie Christensen and Lee James Abbott. Harnessing lino printing's even ink application, Carrie Christensen's work embraces disparate lines of Canadian and international art history. Having forfeited all other devices from hue and texture to brushstroke and blending, Christensen must coax the eye into seeing shadow, depth, perspective and reflection she has already declared are not there. The viewer is literally imagining these familiar landscapes, though they are as plain to see as the ink and paper. I'm Kari Christensen. I am primarily a printmaker, but these last few years I've been diving into mural work as well uh, and with my work I depict the Canadian landscape. I always think that thinking about inspiration is interesting. I'm, I'm more of the, the Chuck Close philosophy. He said uh, inspiration is for amateurs. You just go to work and do it and I kind of agree with that. I think when I first started I'd say that I waited a bit more for inspiration to hit me but the more I started doing work the more you realize that work comes out of work. And I think some of my best ideas I get when I'm in the middle of working on something else, which is good because it makes you want to finish the project you're on and then it leaves you excited for the next one. I think because I, I think particularly maybe like for me with printmaking, I'd say that while I'm carving a piece of lino or something like that, I am like, I think about other ways that the knife could be going into the lino, like other ways I could try and say what it is that I'm saying. So I think that's what, when I say that ideas come from ideas or an ideas come from working, that's kind of what I mean. I could just go out there and draw or paint a mountain, but where's the fun in that? So what I'm trying to do is fuse my own feelings about landscape with the way that I'm depicting it. So for me, as a printmaker, I think that what I speak through is line work, mostly. The thicker and deeper a line is, and then it trails down into a little smaller line. Like in that way, I'm kind of, for me, like a big giant line going up into the sky like that, or, you know, in my case, onto a piece of lino. For me, it has emotion attached to it. It has a feeling. So like, I think I'm dragging people into the work with me in that way. And whatever that feeling is, whether it's resonance, 
or awe or austerity. I think I'm, I'm trying to bring that into the work through the printmaking, which I think makes it uh, unique and different than say if I'd painted the same thing. Like in my work, I can try and show how I feel about a mountain or how I feel about a perfect reflection in the water or how I feel about the trees swaying in the wind. I could, I could talk about how I feel about that, but I think what's more important is that, like I think particularly in my reflected series where I have like one mountain right across from another mountain or again, like mountains reflected into the water. Those can be taken on face value that they are something beautiful, like a mountain reflected in water. But what I was trying to get at that was like a feeling of like universality almost. Like I think I, when I started in that series, I had been on a trip and I realized because I, I came from doing landscape, like being from Ontario and being Canadian, you take up kind of like what, like all of us have like the group of seven ingrained in our feeling in our minds about how landscape in Canada is so different. And so the way that uh, painting and art has evolved in Canada has been in response to like our unique and air quotes landscape. So I think like at first I'd say I was having a conversation, like I was continuing a conversation they had with landscape, just showing how pretty it is here. But then I realized I was on back to this vacation again. I was on vacation and I was thinking about that feeling that I have when I am standing in looking at the mountains, you know, like on Bowen Island or I'm on a ferry in here, out here and I just can't imagine how beautiful it is and how connected I feel to the world then. I, I was in Greece and I was staying on an island and I realized like the fishermen there, the people who live there, they are as connected to their landscape as I am to mine. So in this way, I think the work has evolved into me trying to show that that's what we share. Like this feeling of standing inside the forest, for example, it's the forest that's echoing to me, not me echoing the forest at this point. So I'm trying to say a bit more about uh, universal feelings about landscape and how it makes us all feel, because that's, that's one thing that kind of unites us. Printmaking is a way, is, 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 is manipulating what you see. Maybe all art is a way of manipulating what you see, but particularly, like some of the stuff that happens in my my prints, they're, they're not by accident, they're there on purpose, like leaving uh, some spaces that are just uncarved uh, or leaving some spaces that are white, the negative space. Like it gives, it, it's manipulating the eye. It gives it a place to land. Like you'll be following that line and then there'll be a dark spot or a light spot and that's what draws your eye. So it draws your eye in the direction that I want it to be drawn. So it's very manipulative. I think it's important to, when you start out becoming an artist or start out any piece, this is what I think about. I have to think about like how I feel about it and what it is that I'm trying to say about something that is unique. Like, what is it about my voice that I think needs to be heard or that compulsion for me to put art out there? Uh, so what is it about me that wants to say something like that? So in that way, I think for sure I'm connecting to my psyche and how it connects to whatever it is that's around me. So although I'd say, you know, when the work started, it was a reaction to my environment and a reaction to landscape. I'd say it's, it's evolved more into feelings about it and uh, trying to carry people into that feeling with me and trying to impart that feeling to other people. So when they take their art, my art to their home, I'm hoping that that feeling, because I think it's easy to forget that kind of stuff, like, and not think about how you feel about the mountain or not think about how you feel about the wind and the trees. So with my art, I'm hoping that they take a little piece of that with them. 
I think looking at someone's art, looking at my art, you can tell where my mindset is. I think looking at people's artwork, you can see whether they're present. And by present, like I mean fully present, like in the work, or if they're just, you know, showing up. I think it's important to, like, I think the artwork is the ultimate uh, barometer of that. Like, it, you, you can tell when you look at a piece of work, if, it, if you connect to it, the artist most likely was connected while they were doing it. But I think I do, I do have a responsibility. I mean, I am, for some weird, strange reason, like whether it's, you know, narcissism or narcissism or egocentric personality, which I think you probably have to be to be, be an artist. Uh, like, like, I think there's something that I have to say that someone else should listen to. Whether, you know, I'm not saying it through words or I'm not saying it through music, I'm saying it through, you know, my hands, through carving. Uh, and through printing and through putting it out there visually. So there's something about that, like I do have this responsibility to make sure that I'm not saying garbage. You know, like I'm, I'm, I want to send something beautiful out into the world because that's what I see reflected back at me. But the true responsibility and the true thing that artists have always done is talk about the time that they're in. Um, so I, in, like in response to my work, you could say, oh, it's just landscape, what are you saying? But what I'm saying with my work is that, you know, it's a contemporary take on landscapes. So what I'm saying is, there is this mixture of architecture and the human element because it, it is a little abstract my work it's not just landscape so i'm i'm forcing people to think of the interconnectedness of all of that stuff so i am saying something contemporary about it so I, I think every artist is saying something about the time that they're in and that's our, our ultimate responsibility how i define myself as an artist is something that i think about quite a bit lately i started out doing murals as a way of spreading the word about my work in general just to get a bigger audience and to, and in through that through the mural talk about printmaking now i'd say i still do that but there's been this evolution in the way that i think about myself as an artist because i realized that i enjoy something other than just the printmaking i'm enjoying the painting i'm enjoying the large size and i'm enjoying how art is evolving from this little tiny stuff on paper to this, this format out in the world. And I think the role of art in society is also changing right now. Like we are going to museums less, um, people are seeing stuff online more, and people are seeing stuff out in the city more. So I think I, I've been thinking a lot about the changing roles of an artist and even of myself, like I'm not just a printmaker at this point, I am an artist. And it's been hard for me to let go of just introducing myself as a printmaker. Originally from Britain, multidisciplinary artist and designer Lee James Abbott now resides in Vancouver. He is best known for his abstract graphic art and work within the film industry. After a youth spent creating gig posters, Lee was introduced to the medium of screen printing, a technique he went on to study in London. He has been experimenting ever since. My name's Lee James Abbott and I'm a, a visual artist, a designer, and printmaker. My art pieces that I create are a combination of screen printing, some painting as well, and also photography. I work in a studio on Cranville Island called Dunder Road Print Workshop, and it's the oldest print studio, running print studio in Western Canada. I'm, I'm hoping to explore the human condition more, and you know, I like to um, look at our relationship with not just each other but also ourselves in terms of um, asking yourself questions and you're looking at your um, own ability to make yourself happy because I, I do believe that happiness is, is a, 
control by yourself. So yeah, a lot of the work that I've been doing, I'm hoping to raise more awareness for these certain conditions. And one of them actually was this summer was, uh, I looked at loneliness. I had a situation, an experience where a neighbor of mine uh, went missing and long story cut short, um, he'd actually died in the apartment next to me. And uh, my solo show this summer was to explore the theme of loneliness and to look at how people are, you know, in this day and age experiencing a lot of loneliness and isolation, especially right now with the pandemic in the last couple of years. But even before that, I felt like there was a problem, especially in cities, people living very solitary lives. I don't think it's important to consider your mental health as an artist. I think you, the, the influences you have, your mental state at the time, I think as an artist is a huge factor in what you're creating. I think artists are very, can be very emotional. <clears throat> I think that certainly helps for myself. It's very sensitive for the, from, to the world around them. And I think that only helps to portray the message they're trying to uh, communicate to, to their audience. Creating in today's world is challenging, but I think it's always, there's always something that's going on. I mean, yeah, the pandemic is something that is, that is a very overwhelming uh, scenario at the moment. But I do think that as an artist, there's always something that's been going on that's grabbing the, the, the news headlines. I mean, you know, times of Vietnam more, Vietnam War in the 60s, um, you know, that was a, a period of uncertainty as well. So I think as an artist, you just have to try and kind of get on with it in your own way and, and, and do things that help you to focus on your your craft. And um, for me personally, it's some, it really helps to, do, to switch off the news. And uh, for me, yoga and meditation are in a huge positive impact for me to focus on what on what I'm doing and to almost try and uh, mute what's going on on the outside world. I mean, of course, you know, being, being fairly sensitive you, as an artist, you're going to be absorbing a lot of that. Um, but I think you have to maintain and control how much of that you absorb uh, before it becomes overwhelming for you to stop, to hope to unfortunately, you know, if it, means that you stop uh, thinking straight or overwhelming your practice. Um, but yeah, I say meditation and yoga for me, it definitely helps to rein it back and focus on what I wanted to achieve and, and communicate the ideas that I want to communicate. I would go to shows as a teenager and I would go to the merch table and see all these amazing posters that uh, the band would employ an artist to come and create. I used to love that memorabilia. I used to love the idea that there's this one piece of art that you could take home and always remind you of that, that show that you, you uh, visited and experienced. Um, and that idea, that move, that gig poster uh, experience was, was created in the 60s during, during the height of psychedelia. Um, especially a guy called Bob Massey, who is actually a Vancouver uh, artist, and he, he would create the gig posters for the Grateful Dead and um, Jimi Hendrix and stuff. Um, so I, as an inspiration, that that's, that was a massive step for me of seeing this art form and just loving that almost teleportation of 
you as a viewer, as a, you know, you can look at this art piece and you can be transported back to that, that gig and the feelings you had. Um, I've always thought that ability to be transport was always really wonderful. It's easy to just to be carried away with the, uh, the run of normality, I guess, and psychedelic art. It definitely it offers a different way of looking at things. I think it's important in life. Power of art for me personally, it's it's definitely opened the door of um, looking at things differently and. Just, just that ability to take you somewhere where um, you might be feeling, when you might be feeling a little bit low, um, to kind of improve your mood. The solo show on loneliness was was definitely a way for, to help me process what happens with my neighbour, um, and I felt like it was really, it was important for me to almost pay tribute to him. We've all been through loneliness. We've all experienced loneliness at some point in our life, and I think it's important to acknowledge it. And to, to, the show was to really help to raise awareness of this condition. And um, people were grateful that I, I picked up on it. Because I, I really hope people, as a result, will speak to their neighbour and um, reach out more and not be so uh, lost, in, you know, lost in their own world and want to keep in touch. Because it's really the community and communication that we, we have with each other that really uh, makes a big difference. Uh, I don't want people to feel lonely when they see those pieces. It's it's more just acknowledging a feeling and emotion that we have. I feel like that was the key to the to the show. Um, just bringing that emotion to the forefront rather than hiding it away and tucking it away and, and not dealing with it, which I think is the big problem that we have as individuals with our emotions is pushing them far, far down and, and not and not dealing with them, which goes back to psychedelia. You definitely don't need to have tried anything to enjoy psychedelic art and in the same with psychedelic music, I think. There's some artists out there that paint, you know, exactly what you would see. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Alex Gray. <clears throat> He's a big influence for me as an artist. And, uh, you know, his, his artwork is, it does reference almost first. It is a first-hand experience. A lot of it, what he what he creates. I don't think that as a user you need to to have that. I think the main point is is just to look at you know acknowledge the artwork and enjoy it and maybe maybe question you know another way of looking at things and this is sort of the consciousness and subconsciousness and yeah questions you might have. Be be aware that there's other ways of looking at at, at things that you're going through and maybe hopefully providing some answers or some positive aspects as a result. As I was inspired by the gig posters of the 60s and and more recently sort of the 90s resurgence, <clears throat> I've definitely been looking at the, the history of Vancouver and seen how important it was in that scene um, in the past. And it has a huge heritage, printmaking and psychedelic art. And this this year, one of the, one of the huge um, project for myself is to create a community of, of printmakers and I really want to re-establish Vancouver as a, as a hub of printmakers in, in general and screen printing ideally and I'd love to you know if anyone wants interested to get in touch with me and they've got some plans in place in the future and I want to 
have some group shows with other people and uh, like I say re-establish printmaking and specifically screen printing as, a, as an art form that is synonymous with, with Vancouver again. I hope you found this episode as interesting as I did making it. It was a pleasure speaking with Kari and Lee, and I'd like to thank them both for taking part. Next time, there are more treats in store, where I have some fascinating discussions with multimedia artists and painters, Lauren Brevner and Levi Nelson. Hopefully, as we move through the month, those of us who might be struggling will begin to re-emerge, refreshed and newly inspired, ready to grow and share our visions, and ready to take on whatever comes our way. Thanks for listening.